if you're anything like me, you go through times where you have an emotional tsunami. What is an emotional tsunami? Well, we're going to talk about that and a lot more on Shattered the Podcast today. Welcome to Shattered the Podcast. Sharing the lived experience of mental illness on a father, a mother, a family. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. If you're anything like me, at times, your emotions can feel like a tsunami, a tidal wave of emotion. Uh, unstoppable, unpredictable, devastating are all words that you can use to describe what an emotional tsunami feels like. And where does an, uh, uh, an emotional tsunami come from? It can come from anywhere. For me, it's, it's difficult. You're going through a particular day, you might be doing really, really well, and then something small happens, something even inconsequential, and it throws you completely. You're just staggered by the onrush of emotion. And I always talk about the fact that when you discuss mental illness, it's great to come up with similes and metaphors ways to describe your emotions in ways that people can easily understand. So I talk about an anxiety attack as being like when an airbag goes off in a car. You don't want the airbag to go off. It's not pleasant when the airbag goes off, but it's necessary and it will save your life. And at times that panic attack is your body desperately trying to save you from something. Doesn't know what, it doesn't know where, but it's trying. That's what the body's doing. The emotional airbag has gone off. So today I'm going to talk about how I got to a point where I could describe to my family what it felt like when I was struggling with my mental health, when I was having a day where emotions were just in control and trying to describe that to somebody. Hey, Mark, how are you feeling? I don't know, mate. I'm just... I'm overwhelmed today. It goes a little bit of a way towards it, but it doesn't quite cut it because overwhelmed looks different to different people. So for me, the metaphor that I use is that of the tsunami. I've had a tsunami of emotions. I talk about going on a marathon of emotions. But the tsunami one is the best one that I've found because let's break down a tsunami, a, a tidal wave. You never know when it's going to come. It's often triggered by factors outside your control. So let's imagine you're sitting on a beach. It's a beautiful day. Uh, there is nothing you can do to control a tsunami. You didn't start it. You didn't really even you weren't even aware that on that day something was going to happen. Now, there's a couple of warning signs, and these are what I use the metaphors for by finding these warning signs. Now, in a tsunami, one of the first things that happens is all the water close to the shore gets sucked out into the ocean. I am not a geologist or a physicist. I don't know why that happens. I know that a wave breaks when it reaches half its height, but in a tsunami, it sucks all the water in so that the sucks all the water out into the ocean so that it can build up the that wave. 
again i'm not a scientist don't know why just it does let's let's accept that it does it's voodoo it's god it's you know it's out of my control but that's the first thing that can happen when you're about to have an emotional crisis in mental illness is things can get very still things can get very calm very blank now i've heard people describe being in a tsunami and the first notice that they have of it is the quiet something just happens there's no animal noises of course the waves have stopped breaking because the water's being sucked away and this can often be the case when you've got a mental illness crisis it can feel strange you don't know what's going on when you learn what the warning signs are you know to pack up all your gear on the beach and run inland as far as fast as you can when you have a mental illness tsunami coming if you can find those warning signs if you can say okay something is not right then you can start to act however the warning signs can be subtle the warning signs can be minimal the warning signs can be mistaken oh it's the tide going out well i've never watched the tide go out and it seems like it's going out pretty fast but maybe that's the way it goes an emotional tsunami is coming if you aren't prepared and you're standing there you're looking at this the situation you're looking at the symptoms you're looking at the feelings you don't know what's coming it can feel weird it can feel something is going on something's happening and i don't know what it is and i don't know what to do do i run do i walk do i sit down do i scratch myself I, I i don't know what to do the next part of a tsunami is when the wave starts coming in now the thing about a tsunami is it doesn't look like what we think it looks like from the movies if you watch any disaster movie it looks like a wall of water the size of the empire state building coming towards the land that's not the way a tsunami looks acts or feels it looks like a bump in the ocean coming closer and closer and closer now if you're a surfer or a fisherman or somebody that's used to being on the water it's very very easy to tell that something is amiss in the ocean but it takes somebody that's been there and done that and that's where a person who's been through mental illness and can share their experience can help alert people to warning signs in themselves they can say this is what it feels like for me when things are starting to go bad i need to act i need to get out now contrary to popular opinion you can get out of the way of a tsunami if you see the warning signs if you prepare and you have an exit strategy you can get out of the way you can get to high ground you can get to on top of a building you can uh, find a structure that's solid and 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 in the ground and you can grip onto that real tight in an emergency but the best thing to do is to get out of the way now whatever it looks like for you when you're going through an emotional tsunami you want to try and get out the way that's that's our best case scenario because the tsunami is coming you can recognize that things are happening in my head things are starting to feel weird and i am starting to feel like something bad is coming 
Then comes the onrush of the water. Now, like I said, it's not a wall of water that's going to come like a giant wave. Same with emotional stuff. It can look innocent. It can look like it's nothing, but it just comes closer and closer. And it, then it starts to overwhelm you. Now, the beach in this thing is your mind, is the metaphor that I'm using. So the beach is getting swamped by this tsunami. Everything around you is getting crashed out of the way and there's nothing you can do to stop it. You feel a panic attack coming. I heard somebody the other day say, why don't you just be mindful and stop it? Well, see, that takes practice and effort and understanding. And the fact is, it's not really talked about. People don't know what to do when they're about to have a panic attack. For me, it's mindfulness, find shelter. Get away from whatever it is that is triggering me and then duck and cover. Just get safe, get small, do what I need to do mentally just to ground myself and make sure that I am safe. Because for me, first thing that happens when I have a surge of emotions is I feel like I'm being attacked. I feel like I have to defend myself. I feel like I have to get angry. So the tsunami is coming in and it is crashing over your emotional beach. <laughs> it sounds bizarre, but it's such a great way. I watched a disaster movie about the tsunami that hit uh, one of the islands in Indonesia. And while I'm watching this, it looked like a complete description of what my mental illness looks like at times. So the water's crashing in. Let's call that water the emotion. As it comes crashing in, it will pick up baggage. Anything that gets caught in that emotional tsunami is going to get thrown at you. It's going to get thrown at the shore. So you've seen an emotional tsunami. You've spotted the warning signs, but it's too late. You can't get away from it. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do to stop it. What do you do? You grab onto something solid and you hold on. Now, if you're sitting on a beach, a tsunami comes and you think, I'm going to grab, say, a deck chair and that's going to help me. Absolutely not. It's going to become a hindrance. Find something that is anchored into the ground, something that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt is safe. I mentioned climbing onto a building. Now, you might climb onto a shed. Well, the shed's going to go. You're never going to last with a shed. Now, in a truly horrific tsunami, sometimes you're going to get taken by the current. There's nothing you can do about it. But when they ask people that get caught in a tsunami and get sucked out into the ocean, how did you survive? It was about trying to stay as high as they could on the water and then as soon as they could grab onto something that was floating. Such the case with mental illness. Grab onto whatever you can emotionally to ride that wave of emotion because the thing about a tsunami is while it's destructive, while it's going to wipe you out, while there's going to be damage, it is temporary. It's going to stop. 
it's going to reach an ebb and then it's going to start flowing backwards now of course the damage is all still there but the damage is limited by your preparation if you look at places in the world that are set up and designed with the understanding that a tsunami might come the buildings are built in such a way that they've prepared for it as much as they can this is what we're trying to do with our mental health build ourselves to the point where when the tsunami comes it isn't as destructive because it's going to come and it's going to come again and it's going to come again and again that's just the way it is with mental illness but the more prepared you are the more alert you are the more chance you have of getting through it this thing occurred to me only in the last few months and it was because another educator said something which which really resonated with me she said that she had to learn patience she had to learn that sometimes she was in that emotional tsunami she was grabbing on to say a, 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 a lamppost or, or something solid she's just gripping that for dear life with the understanding that it is going to go away that heightened emotion that you're feeling as part of your mental illness yeah it's not going to go away and i'm not going i'm not saying that you're cured but it's going to get back to a point where it's manageable if you build a house in a place at low tide and the tide comes in the house is going to get swamped which is often what we do we set up these emotional dams to try and stop this onrush of emotion which are not effective you know you might think oh you know I've got this situation at home and something that somebody says always upsets me so whenever they say it I'm going to walk out of the room I'm going to avoid them that's great but it's a temporary solution that you're putting in at low tide think about what happens at high tide think about the worst possible situation there what is going to be the best way to deal with that emotional blocker it's going to be to build it in high tide it's going to be to sit down with that person and lay the groundwork for a potential emergency sometimes i get emotional when this happens sometimes you contribute it to it by saying x y and z can we learn to not have x y and z one thing i love about coastal communities is they never feel like they can cure a tsunami there's no technology in the world that people are going to be able to build that's going to be able to stop a tsunami there's not some kind of weird wall that they can build underwater there's not some fan system tsunamis are going to come and they're going to have a massive impact this is like your mental illness this is like your struggles emotionally they're going to come you're not going to cure them you're not going to fix them you're not going to stop them but you are going to prepare you are going to get better with dealing with it the damage will get less and less the more you prepare and prepare and that's the damage with people that ignore their mental health mental illness symptoms is that they never prepare for the tsunami that's coming they assume that if they ignore it it will go away now that's the thing you can't ignore it you might be living with somebody that 
just is determined to not see the impacts of mental illness in their life. And, and I know someone close in my family who had that situation where neither person was communicating well. And when those emotional tsunamis came, it came and just wiped them out. There's a brilliant company that's um, building houses in Indonesia and they're tsunami proof. They're more or less, they're concrete bunkers. Um, they're awesome. Um, they know that a tsunami is going to come. They know that there's going to be a certain amount of damage, but they know that the best and most important thing is for your life to be saved. So they're putting in these fairly drastic, fairly different buildings, which are completely tsunami proof. Sure, they don't look like what they had before. It might not be as beautiful or as scenic or as wonderful as what was there before, but it's safe. And that can be what putting in some of our emotional stop gaps are all about. It's just about keeping you safe. So the emotional tsunami has come. It has wiped out everything before you. You are standing there clinging to a stop sign, to a light post, to something. You're barely hanging on. You want to let go. You want to give in. You want to give up. You don't want to die, but it's too hard to keep up the struggle. Keep holding on to whatever it is that's keeping you alive. I heard a story the other day about a person who was in the middle of conducting their suicide attempt and they realized that they were doing a group project with some people and they were counting on her to fulfill this task this assignment whatever it was that assignment on that night saved her life now, I'm not going to say that you're going to wake up in the morning and everything's going to be better. I would never say that. I would never condescend to say that to anyone. What I would say is if you stay another day, it won't be as bad. Now, if you're in the middle of a tsunami, you've gripped onto something tight. The water is crashing around you. The debris is hitting you. You are struggling. You are suffering. Grip on by the end of by, by your toenails, whatever it is. When you have suicide ideation, those waves are crashing at you all the time. They don't stop. Every second of every day is your mind telling you that you need to end it. The emotional tsunami is crashing around you. It's pulling you. It's it's hurting you. You are struggling. Nobody that's ever survived a tsunami has made it through without a scratch. It's impossible. You are going to get hurt. You are going to get banged up. But if you do your absolute best just to cling on to something, you'll make it through. There are those stories of the guys that get sucked out, got people that get sucked out into the ocean, but they were smart enough to grab onto, say, a tree trunk or 
a floating deck chair. They went through the worst of their emotional tsunami. But they clung to life. And that is what it's like when you're struggling against suicidal ideation. And I do not exaggerate that at times it feels like you are clinging on by your fingertips. There have been times where my mind has been so insistent on me ending my life that everything I look at turns into something that I could use to harm or kill myself. Everything. Uh, there was just, there's one day in particular. I went to see a film. Used to just go and see films by myself just to fill in some time. When I was walking home, everywhere I looked were dangerous opportunities for me to harm myself. And my mind kept reverberating. All you need to do is this. If you do this, it'll all be over. If you do this, it'll all be over. And it didn't stop the whole way home. But you know what kept me going was just the journey to get home. If I hadn't had that destination of just, I'm going home, why don't you do this at this point? No, 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 because I'm going home. The destination kept me going through that emotional tsunami, through that trauma, till I could get to a point where my feet were on more solid ground and I could move forward. When you understand that what some people are going through is so overwhelming that they don't even notice that you are there. It's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't love you. It's just that they are doing everything that they can to hold on by their fingernails to an idea that life is good, an idea that taking your life, ending your life is not the best solution. Because at times it feels like it is. How do you support somebody that's going through an emotional tsunami? If they're in the middle of it, chuck them a life vest. <laughs> You're not going to be able to fix the tsunami. You are not going to be able to jump into the water with them and pull them out. You need to stay safe. You need to find a way to help them well, while you are still in a safe place. I kind of see the, 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 a helicopter coming in with a ladder as being like your hospital or your professionals, people who are designed to save people that are going through emotional trauma. But what can you do? You can throw a lifeline. There's a guy that jumped off the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Some like 26 people have jumped off and survived. Thousands have jumped off and it's killed them. This guy talked about the fact that when he let go of the ledge, at that exact moment, he realized that he didn't want to die. Jumped off, survived. When asked about the few minutes beforehand, he was on the bridge weeping. He was on the beach, on the bridge 
by himself. He was on the bridge. In desperate need of help and nobody said anything. Nobody said, mate, are you okay? As I tell you, you're standing on a bridge. It's fairly obvious to see when somebody is about to jump off. How can you possibly make it worse by just saying, mate, are you all right? Dude, you don't look good. There's a wonderful person who wrote a bunch of notes and put them in places where people might choose to end their life. And one of them was, I would rather hear your story than your obituary. Please call me if you're struggling. Now, what a wonderful sentiment that I would just like to hear your story. I said it to a person very close to me. I said, I don't want to go to your funeral. I don't think I can go to your funeral. It seemed like such a selfish thing for me to say, but in the time, in the context, it meant the world to this person and they've hung on to that. And for me, it was just, I was just throwing out life vests. They're in the middle of their emotional, emotional tsunami. I couldn't pull them out. I couldn't save them. But I was throwing anything I could out there in the desperate hope that it might help. Can I talk to you? Can I buy you a cup of, cup of coffee? Can I take you to the hospital? Can I call Lifeline for you? Look, here's my mobile phone. I'll call them. A person doesn't have to be standing on that ledge to be asked if they're okay. There's a wonderful day in Australia that we call the Are You OK Day. Somebody mentioned the other day there's only one problem with that is it's one day a year. I'm advocating for an I'm not OK Day where it's OK for somebody to say I'm not OK. In a day and age where it feels like everybody has a voice, everybody is listened to, and everybody is important. I heard a statistic the other day that nine people a day in Australia will kill themselves. Surely one is too many, and yet it's nine. How much hopelessness and pain and fear is out there that is not being seen or if it is being seen it's not being acknowledged there's a famous story and it is just a story a plane crashes in the ocean guy cries out to god god save me save me uh Man with a life vest swims up to him, says, mate, I've got an extra life vest, take it. Man says, no, 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 it's fine. God will save him. A boat comes past, says, jump in the boat. We can save you. Guy says, no, no, I pray God is going to save me. A helicopter comes past. A ladder gets thrown down. 
They say, jump on the ladder. He says, no, 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 God's going to save me. The guy drowns, goes to heaven, turns to God and says, God, I prayed and you didn't save me. And he said, mate, I, I sent you a life vest, a boat, and then a helicopter. What more do you want? Somebody can see things, attempts that people put out there as being not for them. They don't fit them. But the more things that we throw out, the less excuse the person has to ignore him. If you know somebody that is struggling, or even if you think that they might be struggling, The smallest thing, the smallest gesture. Mate, I know you like coffee. I just, I bought you one. I bought you one the way that you like it. I bought you a cookie. I've got five minutes. Do you want to go have a chat? Sometimes just asking somebody how they're doing. Uh, I spoke to a homeless man once. I was just sitting beside him having a chat. And I said, what's the worst thing about when you're out there begging for money? And he said, the worst thing is when people ignore them completely. He said he, he understands hostility and he understands con, um, uh, concern, compassion. He understands those. But it's the people that look at him, look at his sign, and then just walk straight past without acknowledging him at all. A nod of the head, a wave, a g'day. He said, that's the worst thing, is that complete indifference. Now, when you're going through an emotional tsunami, it's hard to see where the safety exits are. It's hard to see where the help is coming from. And sometimes help can be misinterpreted. So you're in a tsunami and a, uh, a coconut tree, which has been displanted, is floating past you. Now, your initial thought is, well, that um, palm tree, that coconut tree is a tree. And why would I grab onto it? Because it's not tied down to anything. But it might be the one thing that could keep you afloat. Sometimes... You're throwing out lifelines and you don't even know that you're doing it. So, for your emotional tsunami, if you can, find the warning signs. Give yourself as much notice as you can. Deal with it before it becomes an issue. For me, at times, it's about exiting. It's about I have to go. And it's the classic Irish goodbye. I would say anything to anyone, I just bail. The next thing is to understand when it's too late to, to run. You're going to have to deal with this thing. Find a place that is safe for you. Running into the water, into the emotion, flowing with that emotion is the opposite way to go. Somebody's coming at you and they're filled with anger. And that anger is affecting you. And that's the emotional tsunami. By getting more angry and reacting to it, is the exact opposite way that you should be dealing with it. De-escalate. Get out of there. Get Minimise the damage. Do whatever you can to make sure that you are safe. 
it's not about living a fantastic moment at this moment it's about just making sure you're safe and it's about you just keep going uh, you saw the pictures of the people going through that tsunami in 2004 and they ran to the hotel and they ran to the hotel steps and they kept running up the steps they kept running up and kept running up and kept running up until they got to the roof they could have stopped at the first level or the second level and waited to see what happened but they realized that they just needed to get out of there and that's what they did they got as high as they could as fast as they could and when you're struggling in a mental health emotional tsunami do whatever you can just to stay safe to get to a safe place and then once you're in that safe place cling to it the next part is just to have patience it will end the emotional tsunami the emotional problem the trigger it will stop and it will subside and while you might be at the worst possible place in the world at the moment if you cling on to that thought of i've just got to be patient i've just got to stay another day i've got to wait until this huge wave of emotion has started to recede then i can work on strategies of how to clean everything up how to bandage my wounds get safe wait for that emotional tsunami to recede and then start to move on start to live when you're in the middle of the tsunami it's not the time to start thinking about your next holiday what you're going to buy for your father for father's day it's all about just safety just get to where you need to get and be safe and ignore everything else i can't tell you what the signs of an emotional tsunami are for another person it's different for everyone I can't tell you exactly how to recognize it in another person but what i can ask you to do is to be compassionate is to be kind somebody's responding in a weird way that they wouldn't normally act in what's going on mate oh we need to get this done Let, let's just forget about whatever that is this is more important it's taken me a long time to learn that when my kids break a glass or a plate or something in the kitchen it's inconsequential to my relationship with them it's about perspective it's about learning what and when things are important and is my child wearing a scar of my anger over a broken glass more important than that glass was that glass something that I loved and helped create and have nurtured? It's a thing, it's a nothing compared to the relationship I have with my kid. And I found that with my emotional health. There are times where I just need to ignore everything else. Someone might be sad that I didn't show up for something. 
somebody might be a little bit inconvenienced because I didn't show up for something. But it's better to be safe. You can explain all that stuff later on. You can give your excuses later on. At the time, just focus on what you need to do. Cling on to that safe space. That's going to do it for another week for Shattered the Podcast. Like, subscribe and share. STP Shattered is what you need to put into your search engine to get us. Thank you for listening to Shattered the Podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. Go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information.